Algar Productions. Despite the title, the following podcast is most decidedly not for kids. This is the Kids Love Batman podcast with your hosts, Matt Robotham and Ron Algar Watt. Episode 9, See No Evil and Beware the Grey Ghost. Hi friends, we're here with some pretty exciting, would you call it fan service? Uh, yes, this is definitely fan service. Back when uh, no one particularly wanted that particular fandom serviced, I believe. There were definitely, like, I, I this definitely helped build that bridge, I would think. I would think so, yeah. But... There must have been people even then who recognized, oh, Batman can be a lot of things. Oh, I'm sure. Like, I'm sure that, like, a lot of this episode was based around just, like, no, that show ruled, actually. And, okay, this was, like, and we'll get to it in a minute, Mm -hmm. but it wasn't so much an homage to that. Like, the tone of the thing that they're talking about isn't that campy Batman 66 vibe. This is more like Chaos of the Shadow rules. Yeah, and it's an homage to Adam West specifically. Mm. Which, you know, that guy was all right. Yeah. You know, good to good to remember. I'd love to see whatever current version of Batman they're doing now, like, give a nod to, like, I don't know, Michael Keaton or something. It'd be nice. He'd do it again. Oh, yeah. No, they I probably keep... could have gotten him for that crisis, honestly. That would have been so, that would have been so good. I know you've I told me I don't remember if like it made it on his... the show or not, but. I'm sure his asking price was too much. Yeah, I was going to say, like, I know you told me, I don't know if this made it on the show, but you had mentioned that the guy who played Knox, the yeah, reporter, ended yeah. up in that. But yeah, living I on feel, Earth I feel like 89. Michael Keaton, yeah. Michael Keaton probably costs a little bit more than Robert Wool, so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but before we get to Beware the Grey Ghost, we mm-hmm. must first discuss See No Evil, uh-huh. an episode that, that Gav said he just watched. Like, two weeks ago and already forgot what it was. I mean... That's a good sign. I had to look it up. It's just like, what's this one about? Oh, right. There was an invisible guy on this show. Right. At least one. I mean, uh-huh. that's a, you know, that's a that's a standard trope. You gotta, you gotta have an invisible guy. Oh, sure. So, why don't, why don't you tell us... All right. ...what happens in See No Evil? So, this week, we open in the bedroom of adorable Moppet Kimmy, who is playing with her invisible friend, Mojo, who has promised her a pearl necklace... <clears throat> the whole scene takes place takes a turn for the vomit-inducing when we learn that Mojo is actually her abusive father, Lloyd Ventrix, wearing an invisible suit so that he can creep on his daughter and get past his wife's restraining order. Yuck. So the next day, Ventrix uses his creep suit to rob the Gotham Diamond Convention, which is conveniently being visited by known diamond enthusiast Bruce Wayne. <laughs> Luckily, he's on hand to get his ass beat when Ventrix decides to rob the place. So Batman tails the Invisible Man out to the alleyway, but he escapes through the cunning use of cement and echoes. You'd think Batman, of all people, would be good at echoes, but uh, not so much. So anyway, Batman does some research on invisibility, visiting Lucius Fox at Wayne Tech, and also putting the beat down on Harry Potter, the smug little jerk. He learns that Wayne Tech has been interested in buying an invisibility suit, but the seller pulled out of the deal, and then died. So Batman visits the suit's creator's friend, who tells him that the prototype was stolen by a creepy, abusive asshole a couple months back. But surely that couldn't have anything to do with these current crimes, could it? Batman heads over to Invisible Creep's ex-wife's house, but Invisible Creep has already made off with the adorable Kimmy. 
Batman trails the creep to a local drive-in theater, and then they beat the shit out of each other for a while. Once again, Inviso Boy holds his own pretty well for an untrained asshole that you just can't see, but eventually Batman dumps some water on him and then kicks his ass. It's very satisfying. Later, Batman visits Kimmy in her bedroom, which is also kind of creepy. Jesus, Batman, not cool. I mean, I guess if you frame it like that, mm-hmm. I thought it was cute in that she had this in, like invisible, like imaginary friend for the whole time, mm-hmm. and now she's talking to Batman, who yep. some people don't think exists. Mm-hmm. Well, kind of like that. Her mom definitely knows Batman exists because she's all like, mm, "Yeah, we need to Batman. <laughs> we need to start a tally of like the the moms, the single moms who are like got hearts in their eyes for Batman." Yep, because it's it's two already in eighteen episodes. <laughs> There was an interesting note when I when I researched this. Mm-hmm. It says, in an earlier draft of the script, Kimmy was going to be dragged along during the final chase scene, and the invisibility suit was in danger of exploding before Batman could save her. Uh-huh. The storyline was scrapped because of censorship rules against showing endangerment of children. Huh. Fucking standards and practice. Yeah, seriously. These guys ruin everything. I mean, in the fairness, gets away I was... A lot, but... There was never any doubt in my mind that this child was endangered already. Mm-hmm. Like her, her creepy ex-con of a father ignoring the restraining order and kidnapping her. She's probably in danger. Oh, and he's such a creep too. Just like he's got that. He is. The, he's got the Edward James almost. Uh, uh, yeah, like the facial face, scarring. Facial scarring. Yeah, and like mm-hmm. a, like actual red eyes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, the their take on the invisibility suit is. I think pretty standard since the Universal uh, Invisible Man movie, mm-hmm. probably from the the H.G. Wells book, which I haven't read, but it's mm-hmm. probably from that, which is uh, having invisibility makes you insane. Yep. Standard practice. Like that's you a, know? Yeah, that's a pretty common thing. We watched the um, like we, we went and watched a bunch of the old Universal Monster movies last Halloween, actually, because. Mm-hmm. We like watching old movies, and it was an excuse to do that. Yep. And, uh, that was one of the good ones. And one of my favorite things was how gleeful he was. Oh, like that dude running around causing old time, tr- causing trouble for the sake of causing trouble. And within the confines of 1933 or whenever it was, basically saying, My dick is flapping around. <laughs> Wee! <laughs> like he threw off his pants and went, Ah, I'm free, finally. Free of oh, pants. Delightful. Yeah. Now I get to run around the way I always wanted to. Damn you, invisible man. Yes, mm-hmm. soon I'll be king of the world. Just invisibly teabagging everything. <clears throat> okay, well, you could probably stop that now. I can't. I won't. Nope. Plus, he had the the wonderful, like, uh, distinguished tones of Claude Rains, which made it even better. Yes, there's nothing I enjoy quite so much as the feeling of the wind on my invisible genitals. Yes, exactly. And, you know, like, I I like that it's kind of driving him crazy. And there were a lot of, like, why would he do that? And then Mm -hmm. it's like, okay, crazy. Crazy. He's crazy. He probably wasn't very stable to begin with, but... uh... I feel like on paper I wouldn't like this one, but I actually kind of did. Like, it's it's Mm. not going to be up there in my favorites or anything, but... No. I don't know. I when oh go ahead abusive husband is a interesting like villain choice well, this for your, the show. This is your kids love Batman moment. Uh yeah, I mean like not that kids wouldn't be aware of this. I can speak. I can say that there's definitely a few no, but kids a lot of, I went to school a lot with. 
who would know this pretty well, but really talking about this. No, definitely not. And was, yeah, making making him the bad guy was a very good choice. Mm-hmm. And I will say this: the beatdown Batman finally delivers to him at the end of the episode is incredibly satisfying. They take their time with this one. Well, he gets the drop on Batman like three or four times, yeah. and and hands him his ass. Batman, when he finally, you know, Batman is so sick of this shit by the end of the episode. It's just like, oh. You think you can kick my ass three times? A Joker doesn't even do that shit. Get over here. Yeah, I I trained for ten years for this. Jesus. <laughs> you think but, you can um, beat my ass, Scarface? But see, I like like he's a believable villain mm-hmm. who like and when you're just kind of a scumbag, but you live in Gotham City, you're suddenly a scumbag with access to like crazy technology. Oh yeah. So Gotham's where scumbags can really flourish. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So like now he's not just whatever he did to go in jail in the first place. Mm. And also like a, 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 you know, a creepy stalker. Sure. He's now he's got invisible powers. (laughs) And um, uh, Batman Beyond, I think, did a very similar story. And it it worked there, too, I think. Mm. I don't know. I like, again, not going to be in my top 20 or whatever, but like. They talked a lot, uh, the creators talked a lot about how difficult it is doing the uh, one-off villains. Like mm-hmm. the, when you're not doing a Joker episode or, you know, even like a Clock King episode. Like, you got to make a new guy just for this show and it's, you can only do so many mob episodes. Sure. Like, I I think this was a good way to, to, to pull that off because I believed his motivation. I was concerned for his victims mm-hmm. and... I found it satisfying when Batman took him out. Like, yeah, more could you want? He wasn't, he wasn't the sewer king, and he wasn't boss biggest. Like he was, <laughs> he was a pretty decent, you know, yeah, one off guy. So, but I, I could see an argument that it's not the most memorable episode. It was, it was, it was fine. You know, I'm not going to give it any awards or anything, but it was a, it was a perfectly cromulent episode of Batman. No, but given the pattern that we've dealt with, mm-hmm. one, that the one-off episodes have been mostly garbage. Yep. And two, that we usually get an excellent episode paired with a, a crummy one. Mm-hmm. Like, I was expecting this to be crummy, yep. and it was it was all right. Yeah, it was fine. Like, on a one to ten, it was like a six. It was slightly above average. Mm-hmm. There, were, there were a couple of decent animation flourishes, like with the, with the invisible effects and some other good stuff and I didn't dislike this one and you get to see Batman ride an invisible car so yeah there is that um so my good thing yes my I'm I'm actually making my good thing hey it's that guy this time because this was an absolute cavalcade of voices I knew or sort of knew or people who would one day be famous everybody in this episode is someone like um the little girl Kimmy mm-hmm. is Elizabeth Moss, the star of TV's uh, Handmaid's Tale, previously the co-star of Mad Men, uh, also weirdly coincidentally enough, recently in Universal's remake of The Invisible Man. Oh, that's weird. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, because they were trying to kick off their own new monster thing, and I think that fell on its ass. It but... sure fucking did. I had high hopes for that, and uh, it didn't happen. Yeah. But I think that movie just dropped this year. Like, it's it's, yeah, it's brand new. Very like... recent. Like yeah, um, like it just and she's the star. Yeah, uh, um, 
So she's, you know, she's a full-on movie star, yeah. as well as being in a bunch of prestige TV shows. Uh, the Mom, played by Gene Smart, also another high-profile prestige actor. Like, like uh, she was, if you've seen the show Fargo in season two, there was this this cool mob family with a lady mob boss, and mm-hmm. that was her. I believe she was in Watchmen, and if not that, some other HBO drama. Sure. Like, she's she's pretty hardcore as well. Mm-hmm. Um. And then, like, slightly lower down from those guys, you have, like, uh, the the creep played by the dad from Family Ties. <laughs> and um, we get, you mentioned in your summary, uh, an appearance by Lucius Fox. And yeah, that was cool. uh, he is played by Brock Peters, who played uh, uh, Ben Sisko's dad in mm-hmm. Deep Space Nine, among many other things. Yes. Like, even the guy who created the invisibility suit was the voice of brainy Smurf, who is not famous, but is a very distinctive voice that I recognize because that's a very distinctive voice. Papa Smurf says that you shouldn't build invisible suits for purely for the purposes of stalking your wife. And then they throw him out of the building. Bonk lands head first. Yep. Good. But like every single, every single voice in this was someone. And mm-hmm. I love that. And, as a side note to all this, I love that they casually introduced Lucius, who will be a, a pretty important part of Bruce and Batman's life as a background character who sure. shows up for 30 seconds in this episode. Mm-hmm. It's it's like the Harvey Dent thing. It's like, this guy will be important, but he's not important in this episode. He's no. just hanging around. We'll see. We'll come back to him in a minute. I mean, you could honestly miss that he's in this episode if you're not paying attention. They mention his name like once. Yeah. I mean, you know, I recognize Brock Peters has a very dist- I'm not doing it right at all, but he's got a very distinctive voice. Brenner. Yep. But, uh, yeah, it's was, it was a good, like, a nice, uh, for a guy like me who loves hearing lots of interesting voices that I recognize, it was it was a real treat. See, I had so. a moment where I paused, like, I paused the episode to see who the voice actors were at the end, and I'm like, no one memorable. I haven't heard of any of these people. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, you definitely know who some of them are. You just don't know them by name. Exactly. You know Gene Smart. You probably know Elizabeth Moss. Oh, it says here Kevin Connors in this episode. Who? Wasn't he in an episode of Cheers? <laughs> Well-known Cheers actor Kevin Conroy. Zoroli reprised in the uh, in uh, the Crisis crossover. <laughs> I made a I made a pass through Cheers a couple of years ago, and he showed up. And then, like two episodes later, uh, other great Batman voice actor Diedrich Bader also showed up. It was mm-hmm. a weird coincidence. <laughs> pretty much the only other voice actor that I will f- accept as Batman. That's pretty much it. How do you feel yep. about Will Arnett? Uh, uh I as comedy Batman, that's mm-hmm. a good choice. As I'm supposed to take him seriously, Batman, I don't know. I but, finished you know, uh, that Batman is. Oh, go ahead. I finished uh, Harley Quinn this week, and uh, yeah, Dietrich Bader's a very good Batman. Yeah, and completely different mm-hmm. from his Brave and the Bold Batman. Yeah, which is which is fantastic. Uh, what'd you think? I really liked it. I thought it was really really good. I figured. I figured you would. There is, and I won't spoil it for our listeners. Mm-hmm. There is a big question all of us were asking when they said, "Okay, there's going to be a Harley Quinn show." Poison Ivy's going to be a main character. Mm-hmm. And there's a huge question we all said, okay, why aren't they doing blank? Yep. And this season has answered that question. Yep. So, good. This is why I didn't watch the show for the first little while. It's like, wait, wait, you're not doing blank? Yeah. You're doing something yeah. else? Mm, and now it's it like, oh, this is actually better. This is great. Yeah. Yeah. 
it's it's very good. Um, okay, what was your good thing? Uh, I really there's a moment uh, as they're fleeing the as the invisible guys fleeing the diamond convention uh, where he mm-hmm. runs into a construction yard that's just outside and. <laughs> yeah. Batman chases him out, and it's just an empty like alleyway with like some fresh construction board. And there's a guy, there's a guy just sort of sitting there eating a sandwich at his lunch break, and Batman starts yelling at him like a maniac. It's just, well, he's just, you won't get away yeah, with this. Yelling into, well, yelling into the what he thinks is an empty construction site, mm-hmm. this and guy, this poor guy doesn't there, see yeah. the invisible guy obviously so he's like it's batman yelling just at me biting into a cheese sandwich like can i help you batman i'm gonna it, get you I, for what I, you I, did oh no oh no what did i he do knows. i will be the first to complain about broad comedy moments but they played that perfectly because it was all visual it wasn't mm-hmm. like a wacky guy going oh no is batman going to he's it's just he's still got his sandwich in mm-hmm. his mouth, and it's all in his eyes. He's yep. just kind of looking and looking a little nervous. <laughs> it was very good. Good animation. What? Now, this episode also has the security guard that really has to pee. What'd you think of that one? <laughs> well, that was I, that didn't bother me. What did bother me is the situation you're talking about was a very Superman moment. Mm-hmm. Bruce Wayne is in the situation that requires Batman, and he runs off to the first available private space to change into his costume and like, oh, come on. That's not your thing. What was the phone booth occupied? Yes. Yeah. There's no Superman in this universe yet, so technically I invented this. (laughs) But like all of those people at this convention, no one's going to see you run into that men's room and then Batman comes out of the men's room. (laughs) Oh, Batman. It's a public space. You see Bruce Wayne while you were in there? Oh, yeah, he's fine. He's taking a shit. (laughs) <laughs> Don't bother him. Oh, yeah, I'm taking a shit in this bathroom. See? <laughs> Sounds <That> ventriloquism. <laughs> Sounds real to me. <laughs> I don't know what your uh-huh. problem is. Uh, Goodbye. My problem is I've had to pee for 20 minutes. <laughs> I don't know, because... The door. There's like, like five urinals in there. <laughs> because, like, kids' TV shows couldn't say, like use the bathroom like yep. it didn't bother me just because it's like ooh, they're they're pushing the envelope even with their stupid jokes mm-hmm. good job <laughs> this uh, made me think of a toilet <laughs> pooping <laughs> <laughs> uh. standards and practices couldn't stop that one <laughs> where else is he going to change standards and practices hmm? hmm yeah there's not like a designated changing room in the convention center yeah ridiculous uh-huh <sighs> I guess they're right. We better let this show have a bathroom. <sighs> it wouldn't be realistic otherwise in this in this episode about a guy with an invisible suit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it did get a little real. You already talked about that. Yep. Like, you got a just, little very real, if I'm being honest. I, again, I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I buy this guy, this nobody, working in some gotham like lab is like a guy who sweeps the floor and yep. saying oh shit i could i could do crimes with this i buy that so much more than someone who declares himself king of children in the sewers <laughs> with this invisible suit i could become king of even more children hello we've come to visit you in your shit pipe <laughs> uh, 
Or, you know, whatever the fuck Boss Biggest was getting up to. Gold bull... No, iron... Iron ore? Gold... Gold ore. That was it. And sandwiches. Like, I definitely buy this as a as a plausible one-off villain that way more than mm. either of those guys <laughs> or e- or even the penguin at this point yep i could use this to make an invisible top hat i wonder what kind of birds could use this <laughs> that's my thing soon <laughs> soon batman you won't be able to see the canary i own uh, oh, oh okay is that where's that where's that tweeting coming from? It's driving me mad. Is, See, you mocked it, but is that is that good? I don't. Where'd it go? Oh wait, oh wait, that canary died. I sent him in the coal mine. Damn it! Uh, that one's on me. I sent him into uh, the coal we... mine to look for gold ore. <laughs> well, you put Bob's biggest away, so that was a power vacuum. <laughs> In the uh, in the vast canyons of Gotham City, <laughs> I like had gold. to take over. I like gold ore, and I don't feel the need to eat turkey legs all the time. No, in fact, I find it offensive. I don't eat birds of any kind. Mm-hmm. Why would you eat bird when you can eat cow, which is not cool at all? No. Fuck cows. Yes. I will join my buzzard friends in picking through their entrails. <laughs> Penguin knows how to have a good time. Uh, I guess so. <laughs> I mean, he also owns a nightclub. Come on, I'll agree with me. The penguin knows how to have a good time. Uh, I am un. I am as much as I constantly let my knowledge of future episodes color my opinions. This time, I'm trying to like based on what we've seen so far. I don't know that that's true. <clears throat> Going forward, maybe, maybe you're right, but we'll find out together. Right now, he just bursts into suburban homes and criticizes the decor. <laughs> that's. I guess that's a good time. This couch is a real turd. <laughs> a real bird turd shit. I always forget about my gimmick. Gee, boss, it seems you real insulting this- to just walk into somebody's home and make fun of their couch. Shut up, you. I know how to have a good time. <laughs> what do you want from me? I'm evil. <laughs> I don't know if you're evil. You might just be a prick. <laughs> it's a prick a type of bird because bird. Car. <laughs> you talking you about think like the beaky nose would remember you? You talking about you? Talking about like like a prickety, like a prickety bird. <laughs> it's a chickadee, boss. boss. I know what birds are. Boss, I I think you're really straining this. <laughs> you uh, think my you think so, my gimmick would go further, but you would be wrong. There's so many birds and and so many puns with birds, but eh, I just basically say. Like nest and feather, and that's mm. about it. Sometimes yeah. I, sometimes Whack. I go, I call you two turkeys. <laughs> jive turkeys, really, boss? Jive turkeys, huh? You know what? Shut up. <laughs> Nobody knows what year it is. It could be 1977. <laughs> I'm about done with all of this crap. <laughs> with all of this bird crap, there, nailed it. The penguin sketch, everyone. <laughs> So what do you got for a bad thing for this episode, Matt? Uh, yeah, so um, Trank Gun or not, I'm not exactly thrilled to see Batman carrying a pistol. Um, mm. There's a part at the end of this episode where... Yeah, they did where... not. 
they did not draw it like the distinctive look of a tranquilizer gun to make it not look like a real gun. It just looked like a pistol. In yeah. fact, to the point where Kimmy's mom looks at it and gasps. Yeah. Like, you're going to go shoot him? Oh, mm-hmm. my God. Yeah. If I haven't been clear on this, uh, I fucking hate Batman having guns. Um, I also hate I guns mean. in general, but that's uh, neither here nor there at this point. Um, It's real easy to just have him have, like, a bat thing that shoots trank darts. Like... Give him a gauntlet or something. That shit's easy. Easy. And then you can sell it. There's the standard, like, cartoon way of, like, not having to worry about having your gun censored and drawing it to look not like a gun. Like, cartoons have been doing that for years anyway. Yeah, man. Like, it's not hard. Just, like, a tube that you slap a bat on or whatever. Like. Mm Mm-hmm. It's got darts in it. You know, you do that and I won't like I won't know I won't even notice. But the second you put like a real looking gun in Batman's hand, I get real pissed off. Yeah. And again, calling attention to it in the story Mm -hmm. where the woman who is freaked out by the uh, very recent abduction of her child uh, sees this could be a dangerous vigilante, could be a friend, doesn't Mm -hmm. really know yet. Uh, pulling a gun like uh, what is your intention with that? Uh, Shooting stuff, obviously. Yeah, I mean, look, this this end points at the bad guy, and then I pull this trigger here. And then all my problems are solved. <laughs> Boom, new problem. <laughs> Excuse me, that's that, uh, that's the Molotov cocktail. Yes, I, it could be more than one thing. I mean, true. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my bad thing. Yes. Um, I, 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 like I said, I kind of like this one. I didn't, again, didn't love it, but... I, I was struggling to find something legitimate, legitimate to criticize, and I kind of copped out. But there's a moment where he's looking through some files late at night because he does that a lot, mm-hmm. and he holds the flashlight in his mouth while he does that. And I, we were talking about this: if you or I had to go through some files at night and there wasn't a light to turn on, you might have to, and you needed both hands, mm-hmm. you might hold the flashlight with your mouth. That's a pretty sensible thing. But Batman's about 50% image. He's mm-hmm. got to look cool and menacing all the time, and putting a flashlight in your mouth looks real stupid. Uh-huh. The easy thing there to do is just have his eyes light up, you know? Uh, I hated that. Like, that that's one of the many, many things that uh, Zack Snyder's version of Batman had, and I do not care for Ugh. it. But there's got... I don't know. Make it so that he can hold the file with one hand and have him hold the flashlight, or just... Don't even have the flashlight. Just have him see in the dark well. You're drawing it, guys. You can really make him do whatever you want. Yeah, it's not like you're limited by what's in the scene. You can you can stage it however you like. It's not, Kevin Conroy is not. The light. Kevin Conroy is not going like, okay, well, how do I? What do I do with the flashlight while I'm going through the files? Oh God, uh, I guess put it in your mouth, Kevin. I mean, that does make sense. Had to hire a guy from. Had to hire a guy from Juilliard, didn't we? <laughs> yeah, hired sure a guy from he Cheers, apparently. Too. <laughs> no, he was in Cheers. He's not from Cheers. Yes, he's from Cheers. Ted, Ted Danson is from Cheers. You know Kevin the uh, just visited there once. You know the uh, the interesting thing about uh, the Riddler is that uh, unlike the Penguin, <laughs> <Shut> up, <Clint>. he. <laughs> Thanks for that. Shut up! I had no idea where I was going with that. <laughs> you got to give it a little Boston. Uh, you know uh, the thing about the Joker. Hey there, Normie. Turning into the Pepperidge Farm guy. <laughs> you know, the uh, the a... penguin lays about three eggs a year. Really? 
Gotta gotta go over to the uh, ice base there on Hoth. I'll be right back. <laughs> that that guy was in that scene. If you didn't know. Oh yeah. Um, I think that's about all I have. Let you have anything see. else? Let me just check my notes here. Uh, no, that's it. Very well. What do you have for a quote? I have this guy commenting on Batman flying around on an invisible car. I didn't know he could fly, too. I mean, that was a bit of a broad comedy moment, but that yep. didn't bother me. <laughs> I just got that many like, lines in here that I found good. Yeah, very quotable. I get it. Mm-hmm. At le- but again, they didn't play it so broad. Like, he didn't exaggeratedly rub his eyes or look at his drink and pour it out <laughs> like which I'm which I'm thankful for. All right. Let us let us press on now to the main event. Yes. Beware the gray ghost. Back in old timey times, let's say oh about 20 years before whatever whenever the fuck this show is set. Lil Brucey Wayne sits entangled in front of his television set enjoying the thrilling adventures of the pulp hero known as the gray ghost. Okay, Bruce, says his father, also voiced by Kevin Conroy. Ah, the show is playing by BoJack Horseman rules of parental casting. It's time for bed. Because I guess TV shows for children are aired late at night for some reason? This particular episode involves a lot of explosions and death because kids love the Grey Ghost. <laughs> Little Bruce reluctantly does what he's told, but swears that if his father should one day be brutally gunned down in an act of senseless violence, he'll literally become the Grey Ghost and stay up all night. Cut to the eternally baffling present day, where Bruce has done exactly this. Turns out someone's been copycatting a villain from the old Grey Ghost TV series and blowing stuff up. The GCPD are stumped, but let's be honest. If this were a cartoon, all those dummies would have question marks perpetually hovering over their heads. Good thing this is real life. Which is why Batman approaches Simon Trent, the actor who played the Grey Ghost, to assist him in bringing down this criminal. Which is a leap of logic worthy of Adam West himself. But I'm not even sure why I brought that up. Any chum, after uh, some reluctant grumbling from sad old Trent, he agrees, and Batman begins to squee like the delighted fanboy that he is. And while I am not often a fan of Batman smiling and quipping and generally making merry, it is goddamn adorable here. Together, the dynamic twosome discover that the Mad Bomber is not the evil Midnight Bomber what bombs at midnight, even though that's a joke me and Matt both made in our notes, because that's a tick villain. No, it's actually the nerd who's been buying up Simon Trent's Grey Ghost memorabilia. A nerd who is apparently modeled after and voiced by series creator Bruce Timm. And nothing says gratuitous self-insertion quite like making yourself the villain that two generations of Batman had to join forces to defeat. In fairness, though, who could have expected the GCPD to have cracked this one? I mean, the explosives were in little remote control cars, which we all know is the one weakness of inept police departments. Well, they just don't know what to do with them. Just How do I arrest really the tiny man on... that must be driving this thing? It can't be hard to trace the radio signal that's driving the car, maybe? I, maybe? Or I don't know how those remote have control a... cars work, now that I'm thinking about it. I mean, it. I, pl- I played with them as a kid, and the one thing I definitely remember is they do not have a very wide range. No. So he's gotta be, he's gotta be within about 500 feet. <laughs> He's got this elaborate system back at his toy store that he just uses to, like, control them all over the city. It's the it's basically just the world's biggest RC remote. Wait. So, remote like, controlled remote. Good work. Bro. Yes. Yeah. I was going to leave that one alone, but yes. <laughs> no, I, it's like a, um, 
it's like a pirate radio network, but instead of boosting, you know, the signal for your radio station, it's for cars, I guess. Yes. I don't know. But I, I wasn't clear as to how the police were absolutely stumped. And Batman was mm-hmm. absolutely stumped by he's got explosives in little cars. <laughs> that's but it, of that's course. Okay. Little cars. Cars. It's How like if I they were in known? bigger cars, but they shrunk them. All of that being said, mm-hmm. I think, like, on paper, that's a real stupid threat. Like, mm-hmm. there's a there's a fade to commercial gasp cliffhanger moment where a tiny car is racing toward Batman. That could be a oh my god what what are you what are you trying to make me believe here moment? But it actually works because. Mm-hmm. They established how much damage these fucking things can do. Yeah. So, and then there's a car chase through the city mm-hmm. where these tiny cars are chasing the Batmobile. And again, in lesser animation hands, in in the hands of Acom or one of the other bad animation studios, mm-hmm. like that would be a joke. But they pull it off here. Yeah, this is actually my bad thing. Looks very good. Because finding a bad thing in this oh. episode was extremely difficult. Um. Okay. Batman's a little too cavalier during that exploding car chase scene uh, when he's escaping in the Batmobile. A lot of property gets blown the fuck up. Like, by the end of the scene, these guys are out racing a fireball. No, and we know from previous instances, these cars have enough firepower to take down a building. Yeah. They so definitely take down someone's think, car. Yeah, there's at least three of them, maybe mm-hmm. more, chasing the Batmobile, and each one of them detonates before he finally gets away. And, like... Yeah, so enough firepower to take down a building three times in the middle of the street. That's that's not great. The the Grey Coast gets out of the car after they escape, and he's like, that was amazing. We escaped from those cars. That's what Batman would be all like, a lot of people are dead, Adam. Mm-hmm. I mean, Simon. I mean, Simon. Simon <laughs> Adams. <laughs> it's, uh, on the other hand, I mean, you're not wrong, but... This comes up a lot in mm-hmm. every superhero narrative. Like, co- there's a lot of collateral damage in every superhero story. I mean, that is true. You either have to ignore it or it will drive you crazy. Mm-hmm. Those are the options. Or, you know, you could have the characters actually saving people from that collateral damage. I'm a big fan of that. I think it helps when there is a Bat family. Mm-hmm. So that you can continue Batman racing forward with the Grey Ghost while Robin is helping people escape from the fire and Batgirl is helping to put it out yep. or something like that. But for now, Not quite there in being the show. one guy, being one guy, it's hard to like grind the narrative to a halt so he can <laughs> put out the car that's on fire. I should you know? really hire more people because <laughs> these people just keep exploding while I'm trying to do interesting things. I've just stretched really thin here, and nobody wants to see me holding a fire extinguisher, do, do, but it's got to happen. Do you want to put out the fire, Grey Ghost? I'm good, but thanks. You know how you always wanted to be the Grey Ghost? I always wanted to be a fireman. <laughs> I just love fighting fires. <laughs> just us and the wind fighters. <laughs> Never forget to end my life. <laughs> This actually weirdly takes me to my kids love Batman. Yes. Just the 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 concept of a, a sad old man, mm-hmm. an actor whose life has passed him by, and like, like I think it's amazing. I love that. Yeah. But is a kid really going to understand what that is? I don't even. I'm trying to. I remember watching this episode as a kid, and I'm trying to remember if I recognized Adam West's voice, and I'm betting well, I didn't. 
we mentioned this at the beginning of the show, but they the thing the Grey Ghost, mm-hmm. the show that that Bruce grew up on, that Adam West's character was in, was not campy. They instead went with the pulp, like you, you like a shadow inspired yeah. thing, which is great. But because of that, Adam West Adam West isn't playing everything over the top. So as a kid, you might not have been able to latch onto mm-hmm. that because he wasn't doing all those crazy Batman things, you know, like he was acting. Mm. Which he did a good job. Oh, like, yeah, he was so good in this. He sounded kind of sad and then he sounded like hopeful. Like mm-hmm. he, he pulled off all the all the fairly adult emotions yeah. that he went through. It wasn't it wasn't just like a cardboard version of this guy. It was mm. a, it was a real guy. And I felt bad for him, but again, watching a sad old man eat an, a tin of beans in his <laughs> empty apartment, like, do kids know what, do, do they understand what, what that is? I, you know what I, I mean, mean like, I, ass- I mean, at the time, I assumed that if you were an actor, you were pretty much set for life. <laughs> well, I mean, yes. Whereas writers, on the other hand. People keep driving truckloads of money up to your house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's got to he's got to sell his gray ghost stuff, which is featured like the central and only feature in his apartment mm-hmm. that he has a chair facing so he can look at it all night. That's his spite chair, just so he can look down and sit down in it, stare at the ravages of his life, and wonder what went wrong. And I could have been a mechanic. Like, <laughs> there's well, I mean, he did look a bit like Hollis Mason from Watchmen. You mentioned that, and off, as soon so. as you said it, I was like, yeah, he does. And that might have been deliberate because mm-hmm. I mean. That character, for those of you who don't remember or didn't read Watchmen, like, is the legacy version of the current guy who's a bit like Batman. Yeah. Like, he's the old guy that he goes to visit to listen to the old stories. Like, it's the same kind of character. Mm-hmm. It's very interesting that, that he looks like that. But I don't know. Like, it was interesting to address that. Like, that being saddled with the only thing you've ever done, like... I, I'm sure Adam West ran into that. The Star Trek guys ran into that. Oh, like, yeah. It was already it was already happening at this point. It happens less now because there's there's more media, like there's mm-hmm. more opportunities, and also there's a lot more fanboys in running productions. Well, the f- it it feels like these days it's like it's it's like I love this guy in this thing. I want to see more of him, and not just I can't see you as anything other than the one thing. You know. Well, also it might have been that this that exact phenomenon happened for 30 years and people in our age group are now making the media mm-hmm. and they're like, Oh, I, I don't want to see that sad thing that happened to, I don't know. I, I was thinking Walter Koenig, but he deserved it. But <laughs> you know, somebody good. Listen, Walter has written a book. <laughs> Apparently Walter has written a book. <laughs> no, even Leonard Nimoy didn't get a ton of work because, oh, you yeah. know, aren't you, aren't you that Spock guy? And that doesn't happen anymore. Well, I mean, I'm sure it happens some, but not nearly as much. Mm-hmm. And that's good. I'm glad. Um, but, you know, Adam West stuck around long enough to get like a regular gig on Family Guy and mm-hmm. some other things like that. So yeah, he did OK. Yeah. But still, it's it's a great love letter to him. And it really is, like, you know, it feels like kind of a gimmick episode, like stunt casting. And I'm surprised that they did it so early. Yeah. There's also like. But- a lot, a lot of the like, the merchandise that the Greg Host has is sort of based on Batman the Animated Series, also. And well, that or some Shadow stuff. You pointed out there was a there was a poster. Oh yeah, yeah. So there's a there's a there's a poster in the in in this at one point, 
and I was looking at the, I think it was the Wikipedia page, and they mentioned it was based on an old uh, Jim Starenko, uh poster, which is really cool. Yeah, if you're going to steal, steal from the absolute best. Yeah. If you've never seen and, Jim Starenko's art, look some of it up. The guy was a goddamn master. I mean, he's still around, isn't he? I think so. I'm trying to remember if he he's one of the old guys who went crazy, and I'm try like, and I try not to think oh, about him anymore. I guess that's true. Yeah, he might have been. I'm not sure. Um, I can't remember if he went full Frank Miller. Oh, I hope not. Yeah, but uh, you never go full Frank Miller. <laughs> one guy but, did. Uh, there was well, yeah, Frank Miller. Yeah, <laughs> but there was like again, it wasn't an homage to Batman '66. It was an homage to old pulp stuff. Like, and and you had said this is actually your good thing that it's it's more steeped in uh, like an actual real life inspiration. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the I I love the design of the Grey Ghost costume, which is a tribute to Batman's biggest inspiration, the Shadow. It mm-hmm. looks fucking amazing. Also, I'm a sucker for anyone with goggles. Yeah, and it's it looks amazing, but also it's that great pulp thing of being incredibly simple, mm-hmm. but also very effective. Like it's not a over designed costume. It's a hat and a coat and goggles, and that's it. Yep, and it works perfectly. Yeah, it's so good. There's a moment which we will get to one day on this show mm-hmm. where uh, in Batman Beyond where we're like 50 years in the future and old Bruce, uh, someone infiltrates the Batcave and he's got to throw on a disguise and he still happens to have his uh, collectible gray ghost stuff. So he throws on the, the hat and the goggles for a minute and it's amazing just seeing seeing that bitter old Bruce, but in the gray ghost costume. Bruce Wayne, Very good. why are you dressed as the gray ghost? <laughs> So let's talk about just how delighted Bruce was about all of this. He like we see, is having such a good time in this episode. He, I, I think this is the first time we've gotten actual flashbacks to uh, Bruce's life. Is I that correct? I think that's true, yeah. Like, obviously, we all know his parents were killed, and mm-hmm. we know he went through the training and all that stuff, but there's lots of his life yeah. we don't know about. And this was a fun, like, in many versions of Batman he and his parents were seeing the the movie a movie version of Zorro yeah. before they were killed and that may have happened in this one I don't remember but this very much looms large in his subconscious mm-hmm. as like oh that's what a hero looks yeah. like of course and it's it's fantastic that this went on to inspire what he did in 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 some way uh but you were saying it's not like this like someone basically was Batman and he's just like, Oh yeah, I'll do that too. Yeah. There's a, there's a very fine line. This episode walks where uh, Batman draws inspiration from the character, the gray ghost without it just being where he got all of his ideas, which is a very popular thing to do when you're sort of showing how someone got where they are. It's just like, Oh, they took all their ideas from this thing. Mm -hmm. I remember that in a lot of silver age comics where you'd have like, Batman would mm-hmm. look and see that his uncle was just like a guy who put on a bad costume yep. and fought crime and it's like, oh, that's where I got the yep. idea of this exact thing that I do. There was back when the um getting off on a quick ch- tangent here, back when the new fifty two launched, um, mm. they gave John Constantine, who's one of my favorite comic characters of all time, uh, a new book in the DC universe. And the first thing they did was establish that everything that character that was cool about that character, he had gotten from this new character that they just invented, who was his mentor now. And it made me so uh, fucking angry. The only thing worse than a new Poochie type character who shows up and everyone thinks they're cool mm-hmm. is a new Poochie type character who's been here the whole time and everyone has always loved him and never talked about it yep. before. 
furious. But they didn't do that in this at all. No. It's just, you feel like this Bruce maybe didn't even consciously start the idea of Batman because of the Grey Ghost. It was just kicking around in his subconscious. Like, and oh yeah, the Grey Ghost. I really like that guy. And once he started like building the Batcave, it, he put it together. Oh my God, this is the Grey Ghost's lair. I'm just, okay, it's still a good idea. Mm-hmm. I'm still going to do it. But that's where I got this. I should probably get like a big penny or someone's going to call me out on this shit. I saw you say in your notes you weren't sure if the penny and the and the dinosaur show up. They absolutely do. Okay, good. I don't think we get the episodes where they came from. I don't care about that. But they will be in the Batcave. No. They will be in the Batcave at some point. So you get that. Um But I love that it like I love how into it he is. Mm -hmm. I love like I said in my summary, I don't always love this Batman being jolly. Like, I feel like he's not. He's he's grim and, and mean, and the people around him can experience joy, mm. but he cannot. Like, I don't want it to be a joyless show. I just want this character to, like, that's part of his essential character to me. Well, I think, like, and we keep seeing this, like, I think this is a very young Batman who hasn't who's still like he he still has joy in his life you know no and i i th- I don't think they planned to make him gradually become joyless no I think but that's how the show works they yeah they wisely turned it into an like kind of an arc mm-hmm. and i uh, because most of what i have rewatched is justice league some batman beyond but mostly justice league by that point he's already like mm-hmm. that especially to contrast him against you know, hopeful characters like Superman yeah, of course. or, you know, and I love when the question shows up and uh, like, that's the one guy that's crazier than Batman, but everyone else like thinks Batman is scary and crazy. Mm-hmm. But then it's like, okay, there is a too far, but it's real far. It's the question. <laughs> he even says, I've, I've got some interesting information from the question. And the other six guys at the, at the Justice League Big boys table are all, oh, the question, Batman, come on. No, I know, I know, but listen. Don't make fun of the question, he's doing his best. <laughs> he likes Ayn Rand. Yeah, I, I know. I, look, man, it's not, he's a he's a Ditko character, like, I don't know what to tell you. What? What? Uh, nothing, never you mind. You know what, don't worry about it. <laughs> um, but I, I love that Batman is just so happy Mm -hmm. about all of this and it's just it's amazing the the bit where he's watching the old episode and Mm -hmm. alfred like brings him a bowl of popcorn and he's just the most delighted little kid ever just like it's not and again nice little animation touches it's not just the smile they're drawing him with this like hypnotized look in his eyes like he cannot take his eyes off the screen. Alfred brings the bowl of popcorn and he doesn't look at it. Mm. He just reaches for it because he doesn't want to look away for even a second. Yeah. And it's very good. Yeah. And Alfred, of course, a hipster, doesn't own a television. Shut up, Alfred. Yeah. Alfred's got this bit where he's like, I, I don't watch TV, Master Bruce. All I do is look at the fire. And I'm just like, really? Alfred, you, you and I both know that you spend your afternoons when Batman's asleep watching your stories. I mean. That's what people who stay home and clean the house do. They watch soap operas. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you're a stay-at-home parent or a butler. Mm-hmm. That's what soap operas are for. Alfred. That's why they're called soap operas. Alfred loves Dark Shadows. Uh, yeah, it's hard to find, unfortunately, in, in the early 90s. It's okay, his boss soon, is rich. <laughs> soon the Sci-Fi Channel will exist, and then uh, I think it shows up there. So 
He just goes to that weird uh, TV guy that they visit. That's how oh, Batman. No, that's how Bruce knew about him. That that's probably true. I'll hook you up with my. I'll hook you up with my Dark Shadows guy. <laughs> Not just Dark Shadows though. No. He also get like he's got to get his British stories that he can't get here sure. anymore, like uh, Coronation Street and uh, EastEnders. No and so one forth. would be a bigger uh, Downton Abbey fan than Alfred if it ex- ex- existed at the time. Uh, I don't know that I agree with that. <laughs> Downton is not fancy like you think. It's trash. Al- oh, Alfred enjoys trash. Well, okay, but it's deliberate trash like Riverdale All right. is what I'm saying. I don't know if Alfred is that ironic. Mm-hmm. Then again, again, doesn't own a television. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Whatever. And I only the listen f- to music on vinyl. Uh-huh. You can really hear it, the well, cracks and the pops that the artist intended, Master Bruce. Uh, thank you. But also, it's 1935. There is no other form of music. <laughs> oh, right, of course. Now, I just, I love, and this is my good thing. So, for years, Adam West was trying to weasel his way back into the Batman world. Mm-hmm. Like, famously for Batman 89, he pitched, maybe I could come back as Uncle Batman. Yeah. And that that's the actual choice of words he used, <laughs> Uncle Batman. And it was a joke. Yeah. Like, I will admit I was an edgy teenager when Batman 89 came out and I thought the 60s show was stupid. Mm-hmm. We all had that I, phase. Like, I loved it as a kid and I came back around as an adult, but there was a period where I didn't like mm-hmm. it. And I, it was like, oh, shut up, old man, Uncle Batman. <laughs> and that became a punchline. And they made it work. Yeah. This is this is Uncle Batman. Yep. This is... The, this sort of wacky, kind of sad, but likable old guy who was kind of Batman before Batman mm-hmm. and shows up to help him out. And it was it was great. Well, and like, it's so nice, too, because the movies had like the first two movies had just come out and those two were never, ever going like they were so desperate to get away from that, that that 60s yeah. version of Batman, you know, and like, the, yeah, the camp vibe and all that. And, and I've heard it argued in recent years that Schumacher actually did a better job because he at least went back to the camp and mm-hmm. kind of embraced it. It's just people didn't want that. Yeah, but exactly. Like, but at the time, I was like, ugh, that's not what Batman yeah. is. I'm, I'm sure yeah. I've heard a lot of good things about Batman and Robin, and I haven't gone back and watched it in like 20 years. So I I never will because I hated it so much sure. at the time. But, but it is deliberately campy. I can see that argument. Mm-hmm. If nothing else, Uma Thurman knows it. Oh, yeah. Like, if nobody else in that movie knows, like, Arnold's just doing the thing Arnold always sure. does, but, you know. Uma Thurman sure actually says curses at one point in that movie, and that's amazing. But, I mean, she just slinks around mm-hmm. like she should have been a Catwoman. Oh, like, yeah. Just the way she plays it. But, uh, yeah, at this at this stage, everyone was uh, like, no, no, put the camp away. Mm-hmm. That's not what we're into here. Yeah. But And and they didn't do that again. They, they went with the, the pulp angle instead, but. It was still a very good homage to, to Adam West. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, my bad thing, though, is I do love the Batman teams up with his pulp hero, but it's a little weird that when he finds out all of this is tied to the show, he goes to the actor. Mm-hmm. The actor doesn't have anything to do with the story. Maybe go to the writers. I don't know. I, I like the I- he- I like the idea of him just being all like, like in the back of his mind, finally an excuse to meet Simon Trent. I mean, Wouldn't it be I easier get... to go talk to the writers? Uh, they would have invented the the very plot that you're trying to track down. No, Alfred, I think that talking to the actor is probably the way to go about this. 
No, nobody wants to talk to writers, Alfred. <laughs> well, you've got me there, so. <laughs> but then later, like, you get the ti- very typical, I'm not going to help you, and then, okay, I've decided to help you bit. Mm-hmm. Like, that's that's how drama works. Yep. I get it. But the way Batman convinces him is, like, I, I thought you were going to help me, but I guess you're not a hero like I thought you were, Grey Ghost. But he's an actor, yeah. man. Like, Maybe this is Bruce's Arrested Development. Maybe he's still that seven-year-old kid that thinks the actor is the guy. Mm. I don't, but, I mean, there is definitely an argument for the fact that, in a lot of ways, Bruce's growth was stunted when his parents oh, were yeah. killed and he's stuck at that age. And maybe this is a weird perceptual gap for him. But it just, uh, I could, that wasn't the real gray ghost. I could man. easily see him just like, well, no, I know that you're the actor, but I mean, there's got to be some gray ghost in there somewhere, right? Right? This I mean, is coming from a guy is, in a Batman costume. Like, I am I made the leap. I understand. Yeah. But it's like showing William Shatner your spaceship. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, maybe he'll think it's cool. Maybe he won't, but he the guy's won't. not Captain Kirk. He's just not. Also, he's a piece of shit, but that's yeah. a, that's a separate. That's the thing. other thing. Uh, Simon Trent seemed like an okay guy. Yeah, a little little sad, mm-hmm. but yeah, he's having a rough time. Um, but uh, you know, yeah, I I don't I because I was thinking you you could have introduced the whole idea of there being a golden age in this version of the DCU. You could have said the Grey Ghost was a real superhero mm-hmm. that kicked around in the forties, and now. Batman's trying to find the real guy to help him, and that would have worked. Then you would have lost the whole collector angle. You would have lost, like, all of the whole pop culture thing would have been gone. That actually would have been very interesting, because, like, a lot of that Golden Age stuff wouldn't show up for another, like, wouldn't come back for another couple of years, you know? like No, and I think, I may be remembering wrong, but I'm pretty sure in the DC Animated Universe there aren't any superpower like there aren't any superheroes at all until Batman, and there aren't any superpowered people until Superman. Yeah, I think that's um, right. Isn't... There's well, they one go back episode of JLU that does like the Justice Well, they Society, they did a I think they did a two or three parter where they went back in time to the 40s, mm-hmm. like to the war. Yeah, and the Blackhawks were there, mm-hmm. but there were no powered guys there. Yeah, um, Vandal Savage was there, like having time traveled, but that was it. Yeah, um, and uh, oh no, he yeah no, I think he did. It's also how you get in, um, Sergeant Rock. But the J the the Justice Society was an alternate universe thing. That's what I was thinking of. Okay, actually, it was a little sadder than that. But we'll we'll get to it uh-huh. when we get to it. But I'm pretty sure in this in this expanded shared universe, Batman was the first proper superhero. So mm. that's that's fine if that's what they chose. That's yeah. fine. But but another way to take it could have been the Grey Ghost was a real guy. Mm. But again, the villain of this is you know like a, a collector who wants to like buy a bunch of toys like you know i have never uh sympathized with a character more in an episode of batman (laughs) than with the guy who wants to blow up buildings so that he can buy more toys with the ransom money toys are expensive they are really expensive i recently got good toys are very expensive i recently got back into buying uh, marvel legends action figures to uh fill the hole in my soul that the pandemic Mm -hmm. has taken and they are not cheap how's that working out for you i mean i have a lot more stuff now yeah, that's it. No, I mean we're all, we're all trying it in our own ways, and and I'm interested if your way is working because mine isn't. Uh huh. Okay. Every day, every week, I march closer and closer to that perfect uh, reassembly of '80s X Men, and uh, then I'll be happy. 
Uh huh. Yeah, my therapist says hyperfixating on projects like that are you trying to find something, anything that you have complete control over. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that applies to you or not, but maybe it's just me. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, no, I I actually liked this collector guy, and you you said it was a bit like the Toy Man, and they will actually do the Toy yes. Man and Superman, but it, you know, but they never do like this sort of version of the to- like the Toy Man and Superman is a creepy little weirdo. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is just a guy who likes toys and uses them to attack people. Like, that's way closer to sort of the original version of the character. Well, and one of the very best things that I love about this this whole, like, universe, this whole version of all of these characters is they managed to have it both ways. They managed to do, like, oh, they didn't interpret this character the way I want. Okay, but somewhere in all of this canon, I bet they did... Mm-hmm the version you like. Yep. Maybe they didn't call him the toy man, but here he is, yep. you know? And like you get sort of happy, quippy Batman, and then you get bitter, dark Batman, and then you get sort of like angry, goes too far and is a little too violent Batman. Like all the Batman are in here. Mm-hmm. They they do all of it. It's great. All your favorite Batman. Also, uh, the toy man for a while in my, maybe my favorite JLU episode, uh, believes that he killed Superman. So he's a pretty big player. Mm. I mean, it's hard to they kill Superman. Whole, they do a whole uh, fake out death of Superman story. And they think, like for a while, they think the toy man is the guy who did it. Lex Luthor's like not, pulling not, that like, <sighs> you of all people, really? Yeah. Not, not like I would have thought maybe Bizarro by accident <sighs> or, you know. One of the other guys in this show, Metallo, is a pretty big deal, yep. or like um, Brainiac, maybe. Yeah. No. <laughs> toy Man. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I use my toys. Yeah, we know Toy Man. Mm-hmm. I use my toys this... to kill him. Okay, cool. Going into your Crispin Glover there. Don't care for this guy. That's what he <laughs> sounded like, right? It was a uh... Crispin Glover creep. No, entirely. I guess a little I'm bit. Going to use a little dolly to kill you. He's a little, little, little more childish, mm. a little more impish. Um, what else about this episode? I, I think they, they did some really good. Like we talked about the design of, of the gray ghost mm-hmm. and the, the memorabilia all looked really good. Um, there was some particularly good stuff in sort of the aftermath of the explosions. Mm-hmm. Like everything would go mostly orange with a little bit of red and very shadowy. Oh yeah. It, it just looks super cool. Really cool. No, this is yep. another one that they clearly put, like, the A-team on. Which is weird, because you would think it would be written by, like, Bruce, Tim, and Paul Dini I thought or something. That, I, and it was... I was convinced this episode was a Paul Dini joint. I was shocked that it wasn't. No, it was some names I didn't recognize, yeah. like people who may have contributed here and there, but not, like, regular names. Mm-hmm. So, they did a good job. Yeah. Good episode. Uh, that is about all that I have. I think though. that's everything you? I got, too. Very well. Well, my quote yes. is just Bruce Bruce being really sweet at the end. Please make it out to Bruce. There you go, Bruce. Thanks, Mr. Trent. That that made me happy. Just aw. Yeah. Good for he him. Wants his autograph. He he just had a whole crime fighting adventure with him, but he still wants his mm-hmm. autograph. My so, best friend, the that... gray ghost. Who are who who are you again? He, he all but tells him, hey, I'm Batman. He says exactly the yep. same thing to him that he said before. Like, uh, 
I watched the show with you with my dad when I was a kid. No, your dad made you turn off the show, mm. first of all. You're misrepresenting that. <laughs> I think Batman and Bruce Wayne might be brothers. <laughs> but I also like the sort of meta moment of uh, Adam West saying, Okay, Bruce. <laughs> Wait a minute. That used to be my name. I was a Bruce once. Hmm. Hulk shows right. up. No one's impressed by that. You're not allowed to be named Bruce. It's gay. Get out of here, Robert Bruce. <laughs> it's not gay when we do it, but <laughs> for some reason it is when you do. All right. So that's all for this time. Yeah. Um, Next time, I do not know what Prophecy of Doom is. I think I do. And I think it's got like a weird, like Hugo Strange looking motherfucker in it. Well, we actually get Hugo Strange in yeah, this Yeah, no, show. I remember that. But like, I think... I think it was like a bald hypnotist dude. Could be. Yeah. There is, I believe it's a Hugo Strange episode coming up where there's a hypnosis and uh, uh, Batman's secret identity is at stake, but I I might be wrong Mm. about that, but I don't think it's this one. Uh, And the other episode is the uh, first part of the Clayface two-part. Yeah. So that guy's showing up. There was a there was a nod to the actor who becomes two or a Clayface in one episode. Yeah. Well, in this in this world, I think it's just the one yeah, guy. Good, eight trillion but, clay faces. Yeah, and it's it's a pretty good idea. I don't know if it's good enough to uh, mm-hmm. to warrant that many of them. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, if you want to email us, we do have a de- uh, dedicated email address Indeed. now. It mm-hmm. is Kids Love Batman Podcast at Gmail. Make sure you include the podcast. Otherwise, some random will get our email. Some like Jim Kids Love Batman. Yeah. <laughs> Of the Vermont Kids Love Batmans, I guess. Uh, our website, kidslovebatman.com. Uh, we are on Twitter, at Algar, at Robot Matt. And uh, I think that's yeah. it. Yeah, see you, folks. For more information about this show and the people who make it, visit kidslovebatman.com. To provide financial support for this show and all of the shows produced by Algar Productions, consider a pledge at patreon.com slash Algar. That's double A-L-G-A-R. The Kids Love Batman podcast is a co-production of Matt Robotham and Ron Algar Watt. Copyright 2020, Algar Productions. Please don't sue us. We're just doing this for fun.